The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. As Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues in places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then Jesus called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Amen. Well, most of you can be thankful you're not wearing long robes this morning. (laughs) That's not the only thing that makes me uncomfortable about today's gospel, but we'll get into that. We've heard about a couple of widows, and I'd like to tell you the story of a third. I know that a number of you probably know about Barbara Crafton. She's a priest in New York, has been a priest there for many years. And uh, now has a website which is titled The Geranium Farm. And she also makes it possible for people to subscribe to something she calls her almost daily emos. Emos, I think, meaning email memos. Barbara always has very pithy comments about scripture and life. And that was certainly true in one that Lou sent me uh, that had to do with today's gospel lesson. In it, uh, Barbara gives an account of a widow that she knew when living in New York. And at the time, Barbara was working at and a part of the staff at Trinity Wall Street. And she said this woman would uh, take the train down from uh, the north part of the city, way down to Trinity Wall Street about once a month, usually toward the end of the month, as it was getting near time for uh, her to pay her rent. And she would come. And it seemed as though every time she came, she was short about 40 or 50 dollars. And after this went on for three or four months, Barbara decided that she would spend some time with her to look at her budget and see if there was something that could be done that would help her make it more comfortably to the end of the month. And she said as she did that, she saw that she was being very careful, taking care of the children. She had uh, also taken care of the needs in terms of going to the various pantries to get the staples to feed them. But she always came up just a little bit short. And as she went through this with the woman, at one point, the woman said, and I give forty dollars to Reverend Ike. I never miss that. Now, some of you perhaps don't know about Reverend Ike. Reverend Ike 
uh, founded a church on, on, up on uh, at, at what was once uh, Lowe's Theater on 175th Street in New York, and he restored it. Apparently, it's an incredible restoration. But what may be more telling is that Reverend Ike has a Rolls Royce for each day of the week. <laughs> and each one's a different color, and they're mink lines. And this woman was giving him $40 a month. Reverend Ike's message is that Jesus doesn't want you to be poor. And certainly Reverend Ike doesn't want to be poor. He doesn't think that the problem with money is the love of money. It's the lack of money. You need to have it. You need to have it for the good life. He goes on in his ministry to explain that all of this is what's possible. You know, you can have anything you need. It's all about being rich. Jesus wants you rich. Well, it was obvious that Reverend Ike's message is not the message that we would preach. It's rather a message of hope that if you give to someone, someone will give to you and it'll be passed on. And Barbara said in a very strange way, that's exactly what happened. He gave to, she gave to Reverend Ike, the widow, and Barbara gave to the widow. She said it's a little bit like buying a lottery ticket, except Reverend Ike was the winner. I tell that story because I think that it has some relevance to the gospel lesson that we had today. Uh, in it, we see two very different sections. In the first section, Jesus addresses very clearly his concern for institutional religion in his day. And then in the second section, we hear the story about his, his looking at this woman as she uh, puts a couple of coins into the treasury and draws some pretty tough comparisons for us, I think. First, the scene itself. It's the women's courts in the temple. And it takes place during Jesus' last week in Jerusalem, Holy Week, the week of the Passion. And Jesus had cleansed the temple of the money changers. You remember that scene where he goes in and he turns the tables over. Again, another expression of his disgust with the way the established religion is, is dealing with the people. And now he stands there among apparently a, a fairly large crowd who are delighted with what they hear, the scripture says. And the first thing that he says to the crowd is, watch out for the teachers of the law. The scribes. And then he goes on to tell them why they walk around in flowing robes. They like to be greeted in the marketplace. You can almost hear it. Good morning, Father. Morning, Reverend. Can we get anything for you? They loved it. They like to have the best seats at the banquets. They like to be recognized for who they are. And they like those long prayers. It makes them feel so important. Jesus is holding them up almost as I've held up to you, Ike. Reverend Ike, in a way, has done the same thing. But it's not just about Reverend Ike. It's about institutional religion that gets so enamored with its own power, with its own prestige, with its own place, that it forgets that its purpose is to serve and not to be served. Too often, religion can become the focus of the service. And it is really not about that, but it's about going out to be of service to others. And I think in this passage, Jesus is reminding the people who are with him, look around you. Be careful of those who would strut among you, those who claim to be religious. 
Be careful of them because they'll lead you astray. And then the second part. And one can almost imagine the absurdity of this scene. Jesus, I guess, sets down in, in, the, uh, in this court of the women. And there are, in that place, there are these large trumpet kind of shaped uh, objects that are the, are the way that they gather the offering for the treasury. And there are some who are wealthy that are coming by, you can imagine, with bags of coins. And they are throwing them in and, of course, being trumpet shaped. You can imagine these coins clanging around inside of those uh, receptacles, clanging together at the bottom of the pot. And these people walking up very proudly, tossing in their coins. And the, the clatter, the noise that must have been in that place and people talking and, and people like Jesus preaching there. And then he notices there's a woman who comes forward. She has only two coins and she puts her two coins in. And it says then that Jesus called his disciples to him and they had heard him preach about this before. He called his disciples to him to talk to, to him to talk to them about discipleship, about, about what it was really to follow him. It is as though this woman is held up as a model of what it is to be one of his disciples, of what it is to be the church, of what it is to be Christ. This could very easily be a sermon about money, and very often it is. And as Barbara Crafton uh, has said, Often it becomes the sermon on the amount. <laughs> but this isn't about money. This is about our hearts. This is about where we put our heart and our life. Yesterday was Veterans Day and, and I thought uh, after the first service and we asked those who had, had served to stand so we could acknowledge that service. And I thought, I know all of you have heard of stories of people on the battlefield who have given their lives for those that they serve with and those who have served in those situations and I have not I've talked to them and I've heard them say there is nothing like it it's as awful as anyone can imagine but there's also a part of it that is really wonderful because you're with a bunch of people you get to know and you trust with everything you have and you're willing to give anything for any one of them. That's what Jesus asks of us if we are to be his disciple. He doesn't ask for our money, really. He doesn't ask that we do wonderful, grand things for him. He just asks that we give our heart to him. Because he knows if we give our heart, all of the rest will follow. I think it's not a coincidence that this account of the widow's offering comes where it does in Holy Week, in that last week that Jesus had in Jerusalem. Because I believe that she really is a foreshadowing of what Jesus is going to do. Because for that woman, giving her last two coins was the same as giving her life. There was nothing else to give. It was everything. The poet John Keats once wrote these words, nothing ever becomes real till it is experienced. Even a proverb is no proverb until your life has illustrated it. Now, the question, I think, for all of us is, and I struggle with this perhaps as much as anyone, if not more, 
How do we be a disciple? How do we experience what we just were talking about? And I think part of the answer can be found in the baptismal service. This morning, uh, we have the privilege of, of welcoming Thomas into the household of faith. And a part of that is what you and I will do as we reaffirm our baptismal covenant. And if you'll take a look at that, it's on page seven in your worship leaflet. These are the things that we say we're going to do as we give our heart to God. As we say we are going to walk as disciples. Will you continue in the apostles teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? And we respond, I will with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? That's what we as Episcopalians say that we believe it is to be a disciple. It's essentially to do those things. And this morning, as Thomas is welcomed into the household of God and is marked as Christ's own forever, we too are Christ's own forever. And he says to us, follow me, follow me like the woman who gave her two coins. Amen.